Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hunger for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. This podcast is sponsored by your local Hawaii Nissan dealers and HMAA. This is Hawaii News Now. First at four. First at four, the horrifying death of a 10-year-old girl in Wahiawa may bring back calls to give the state more power over children that have moved out of the state foster care system. Meanwhile, the three suspects in Gianna Bradley's death made their first appearance in court. And as Daryl Huff reports, we learn the family is expecting another child. Daryl. This pattern is tragically familiar. A child in foster care, guardianship, or newly adopted is pulled out of school and later dies of alleged abuse. It's a pattern lawmakers have tried to stop before. Meanwhile, the woman in charge of Gianna Bradley's care is pregnant and wants special treatment. Calling case number four, Deborah Giron. All three suspects, Deborah Garan, her daughter Brandy Blass, and Blass's husband, Thomas Blass Sr., are charged with multiple counts and held without bail because prosecutors said the death by injury and neglect of 10-year-old Gianna Bradley was especially heinous, atrocious, or cruel, manifesting exceptional depravity. Deborah Garan is uh, punishable by up to life without the possibility of parole given the extended sentencing for multiple offenses and the heinous, heinous language in the murder two charge. The defendants asked for lower bail of $500,000 calling the charges mere allegation and Brandy Blass added to her argument that she's pregnant. The state would argue that that is irrelevant to her bail status as this is not the first time that OCCC has housed a pregnant woman, nor will it be the last. The Department of Public Safety has policies and procedures that require them to give her adequate care. Just because they have the ability to treat her at OCCC doesn't mean they can provide the best care, and the best care would be with the, um, the doctor she's currently seeing. The judge said no, but it was an ironic request, given that among the allegation is that Gianna Bradley died because she wasn't getting any medical care at all despite numerous obvious injuries and was essentially neglected and starved to death. I'm shocked. This happened again, and it's unacceptable. Again, most recently it was Ariel Sellers, allegedly killed by adoptive parents, also being paid by the state for their care. Neglect missed partly because, like Gianna Bradley, the guardians took her out of public school, and in Gianna's case, supposedly out of a special needs program. This child was subject to more uh, closer scrutiny given their medical conditions, then certainly there's probably uh, some certainty that we should be looking uh, at the Department of Education and the Department of Human Service to have maybe better trainings to spot the spot the clues. Lawmakers passed what they called Ariel's Law two years ago to do that, but it was vetoed by Governor Ige. Wahiwa Senator Donovan Delacruz said the state told him they don't have jurisdiction over children in guardianship. He says maybe that should change. The state would still have some kind of jurisdiction post-adoption or post-legal guardianship. So that bill is still alive from last year. Hopefully we can get something passed that we can work with DHS. Senator Delacruz says the quickest solution is for everyone to be on the lookout for signs of abuse and report it. The suspects are scheduled to be back in court Wednesday. Daryl Huff, Hawaii News Now. Thank you, Daryl. The trial of alleged crime boss Mike Miske resumed today after a week-long break due to a juror's illness. 
So far in the trial, the jury's heard from Miski's so-called right-hand man about allegations of drug deals, assaults, and kidnappings. Miski's been in custody since his arrest in July of 2020. He's pleaded not guilty to all 22 charges filed against him. Now to a live look at Waimea Bay. Despite monster surf in the forecast, the Eddie Aikau Big Wave Invitational will not be running this week. Contest organizers issued a red alert, meaning the event is a no-go. While a swell is on track to roll in, it appears conditions are not quite right just yet. There is one month left in the waiting period. And for a closer look at that forecast, here's Jennifer Robbins. And all the ingredients have to come together and align perfectly. And right now, it doesn't look like that window of time during the daytime that this swell is going to arrive. And also with the winds in mind and also the energy levels of how big the uh, waves will get. Here it is. You can see a lot of energy, though, as we go into Thursday. But it quickly moves through. And then we'll be on the backside of it before you know it. And then we will be seeing maybe close to advisory level, maybe inching towards warning level conditions by that time. On north-facing shore, Shores, 4 to 6, west facing shores tomorrow at 2 to 4, and then south facing shores at 2 to 4 and 1 to 3 along east facing shores. The big story has been the winds. They have been fairly calm. We are going to be seeing the trade winds make a comeback. I'll take a deeper look at that coming up shortly. Thank you, Jen. Well, high winds have forced the closure of the Mauna Kea Access Road. The passage is shut down at the visitor information station due to 70 mile an hour winds and powerful gusts. The Mauna Loa Summit Cabin is also closed because of 75-mile-an-hour winds. Starting tomorrow, the Department of Transportation is closing the runway at Kona International Airport for two weeks. The shutdown is from midnight to 6 a.m. due to asphalt repairs. The state says there are no impacts to commercial flights during this time, and in the event of a medical evacuation, helicopter service will still be available. To national news, one person is dead, five others injured after a shooting this afternoon at a New York subway station. All of the victims were on the platform in the Bronx when a fight between two groups of teenagers broke out. Police are still looking for the shooter. And authorities in Houston, Texas say two officers were instrumental in saving lives after a woman opened fire Sunday inside Pastor Joel Osteen's megachurch. That's right. The woman's seven-year-old son and a 57-year-old man were wounded in the gunfire. Janet Shamlin has the latest. A live stream from Houston's Lakewood Church captured the horrifying moment gunshots could be heard just ahead of a Spanish language service Sunday afternoon. We're shooting at Lakewood, two people down, we need an ambulance. Police say the shooter, 36-year-old Genesee Moreno, confronted a security guard and was let into the church with her seven-year-old son. Once inside, she opened fire in the hallway. Two off-duty officers working church security fired back. Multiple shots are exchanged by all three. She eventually falls to the ground. Seven-year-old child it falls to the ground as well from gunfire. One uh, gunshot wound to the head. The Houston police chief says it's not clear who fired the shot that hit the child. A 57-year-old man was also hit by gunfire. He's been released from the hospital. We are extremely thankful for the quick response of the two officers. If it weren't for them, the number of casualties and victims would have been much higher. Authorities found two guns at the scene, including the AR-15 the shooter allegedly used in the attack. There was a sticker on the buttstock of the rifle 
that stated Palestine. We do have some anti-Semitic writings that we have uncovered during this process. Investigators say while they're still looking for a motive, the suspect had a history of mental health issues and was involved in a family dispute with her ex-husband and his family, some of whom are Jewish. Janet Shamley in CBS News, Houston. The Biden administration fires back after a report calls the president's memory into question. That's ahead on First at Four. How's it, Howard? Hey, Ash, new sales begin in Ward Village. Downtown Honolulu Grand opens a hotel tomorrow. I'll tell you today. The Dow rose 125, but the Nasdaq fell. You're getting your news first at four. Now Jonathan tracks your commute. Well, thank you, Howard, and happy day after the Super Bowl. We're going to start looking at our flow maps and tell you what to expect as you make your way home. We have two accidents in town. First, we have one from reported at King and Punahou and at Ehu and Mahalo. That's in the Aleva Heights area. Look at this, though. The Aleva, when we make our way into the H1 viaduct and merging with the Moana Lua Freeway, not as red as we normally see it. One report of an accident, H1 westbound exit to Moana Lua Road. And then getting on to the Kapolei area, one other accident to tell you about. This is going to be at the Roosevelt Road and Kopehe Avenue intersection. Drive times are going to look like this. Take about 44 minutes to get to Mililani, the same Dikapale, and to Nanakuli just under an hour at 59 minutes. Your first alert traffic on Hawaii News Now. This is Hawaii News Now. Ward Village today began sales for its newest tower. Howard Dykes joins us live with the details. Hey, Howard. Hey, guys. Launiu, it's called. 486 residential units, one, two, and three-bedroom units with unobstructed ocean views, 21,000 square feet of ground floor retail. One amenity of the newer tower will be an infinity pool. Grand opening this week after a soft opening several weeks ago is a hotel conversion downtown. The AC by Marriott is in the former Remington College building at the corner of Bishop and Hotel. The conversion offers rooms from $342 a night, walking distance to all of downtown. Hawaiian Airlines and Alaska Airlines flight attendants are scheduled to meet with airline management next month. The union is withholding merger support until they get certain assurances. One key pledge they want, no furloughs. And the Office of Hawaiian Affairs today offered applications for grants. The window is open until March 29. OHA has millions for nonprofits that do housing, education, financial help, preserve culture, protect the Aina, or repatriate EV Kapuna. Mark and Ash, back to you. Thank you very much, Howard. Honolulu Mayor Rick Blangiardi officially announced his plans to run for re-election. Comes four years to the day since Blangiardi launched his first bid to become the city's chief executive. In a news conference this afternoon, Blangiardi pointed out his administration's progress on a number of key issues, including homelessness, housing, and public safety. But he says more work needs to be done. In this job, the days are long, but the years are short. We already, we're already tackling some of the most stubborn and enduring issues that simply will take more time to solve. So as I begin my bid for re-election, I humbly ask once again, for your support. No other major candidates have announced plans to challenge Blangiardi. The deadline to file is June 4th. President Biden and his allies are on the offensive this week after a special counsel report called his memory into question. Now it comes as former President Trump is drawing new backlash for his comments about NATO. Nancy Cordes has more. 
This is a report that went off the rails. On Face the Nation, the president's personal lawyer fired back after special counsel Robert Hur described President Biden as an elderly man with diminished faculties and faulty memory. This is not what prosecutors do. It is shoddy work product. Robert Hur has not responded to a request for comment from CBS News. The Republican, once appointed by former President Trump to be Maryland's top prosecutor, issued his 345-page report on Thursday. In it, he said there was evidence that President Biden willfully retained some classified materials after he served as vice president, but that no criminal charges were warranted. My memory is fine. But it was her comments about Mr. Biden's age that infuriated the president and his allies. This kind of sense that he's not ready for this job is just a bucket of BS that's so deep, your boots will get stuck. Republican frontrunner Donald Trump was expected to play up the report this weekend. They said he was a uh, disaster mentally. Instead, he drew international censure for suggesting he might side with Russia over NATO allies. If we don't pay, and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. The former president went a step further Saturday, seeming to egg Russia on. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. And that was Nancy Cordes reporting. Much more news ahead. Israeli forces free two hostages being held by Hamas. I'm Skyler Henry at the White House. As President Biden works to strike a deal to free even more people being held captive. The Queen Victoria cruise ship where health officials are monitoring an illness outbreak that has sickened more than 150 people on board is now docked at Honolulu Harbor. An Oahu man who was treated at Straw Medical Center's burn unit finds a way to cheer up fellow patients who aren't allowed to have flowers in their rooms. These stories and more at 4.30. Don't go anywhere. Check in your forecast in the Pohana Drive. Still to come. This podcast is sponsored by your local Hawaii Nissan dealers and HMAA. We're passionate about your health. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha.